Thank you for joining Legal Marketing Station with Jason today. We are here for a super exciting topic. We're going to dive into the future of legal marketing today and really what threats potentially law firms face in the future with some adapting laws that are taking place in Arizona and potentially soon to be the state that you are practicing in. Our guest today is a very young attorney and his hustle is unbelievable. His name is Austin Kurtz and he is part of Gallagher and Kennedy, which is the best Arizona personal injury law firm. And we are going to dive in and pick his brain about this, this ever-changing industry. And if you guys are not familiar with it yet, I promise you, you will hear about some of these changes coming into place here soon. So I'm not going to take any more time. We'll be right back here with Austin Kurtz. Welcome to Legal Marketing Station with Jason, with your host, Jason Craver, co-owner of Telegenic Marketing and co-creator of Local Legal Authorities, the best exclusive legal directory. Each week, we bring you attorney, legal vendor, and legal marketer interviews, along with marketing tips with tutorials you can implement. Pick up the most up-to-date marketing methods and techniques in the legal industry that will get your business results. Now back to this week's show with your host, Jason Craver. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining today. I've already introed Austin here, and I want to give him a chance to tell a little about himself as well. So Austin, uh, could you give us a little intro about what you are currently doing, your position at Gallagher, and uh, some of your goals? For sure. Thanks, Jason. So as you know, my name is Austin Kurtz. I am licensed in Arizona, California, and Colorado. I started my practice in Colorado, went to law school in California, so kind of just dominating the Southwest. I guess New Mexico's next. But uh, I do personal injury, plaintiff's personal injury, and plaintiff's products liability mainly. I'm an associate here at Gallagher and Kennedy, hopefully one day to make partner. Um, I think a lot of people, one of the things not known in the community as much is Gallagher and Kennedy's been around for many years. And this community, very well known, staple of the community, but uh, people don't appreciate how many PI attorneys we have, which it's around, you know, excess of 15. I think we're at 16 or 17 now who basically exclusively do PI, which makes us one of the larger personal injury firms in town. Yes, I uh, described you guys as my personal opinion as the best, but yeah, you guys are the largest and it is wild because even my personal personal knowing about you guys is I knew Gallagher and Kennedy's name for the last 40 years, but there hasn't been a crazy... You don't look a day over 39. Internet no. presence. Well, yeah, not the last 40 years, last five years, but after researching them, it's like, wow, you guys have really been there for 40 years. So you guys are dominating, and I think everybody's going to know about Gallagher and Kennedy very soon if they don't. Yeah, man, for sure. You know, I, th I think the firm has... Uh the credibility behind it. We have some of the, you know, most prestigious lawyers in town. I think Bob Boatman, Shannon Clark, Ty Tabor, Kevin Neal, Anthony Corey. I mean, the list goes on and on and everyone is just really fantastic at what they do and they're well known in the community. And I think that we're, we're definitely generating kind of a, a super team over here and we're doing fantastic things. And so uh, as a young guy, I'm trying to push the marketing initiative and trying to push the second part of it because word of mouth, we dominate, but there's an opportunity to kind of, uh, catch up the internet presence as well definitely we all know a few names that are a bit too too big out there so <laughs> we need g and k to catch back up for sure 
So we're going to just really dive into it because we're here to talk about the future of legal marketing today. And I don't want to waste too much time not uh, hyping that up. So let's just hop into kind of how Arizona's new law is going to change the legal marketing space. For sure. So I think when you're saying new law, you're talking about kind of the ethical changes that allow splitting fees with non-lawyers and then also non-lawyers owning a percentage of a law firm. So historically and everywhere across the country, you can't split fees with non-lawyers. And I think that in its simplest terms, that's sort of what it comes down to. But it's been, you know, there's been rumors in town and elsewhere outside that people do do this and they had participated in this and uh linda Sheely, who's known for ethics uh talked about this and and had a, a cle on it i believe and and she talked about you know the goal of this is to take under the table deals and make them on top of the table right um and it's supposed to level the playing field and allow everyone to play ethically and understand the game what it's doing is uh, it's really going to be interesting because it's never been done before utah tried to do it it happened in utah it got re- peeled back right away. I don't anticipate Arizona being peeled back anytime. There's a lot of money coming into town. There's a lot of people funding it. I I think it's going to have an effect multiple ways. One, people who understand what this incentive does, they're going to realize that we can use our marketers, use our grouping, and everyone can rise together, right? Because this is a different opportunity. Instead of paying out of pocket, as contingency fee lawyers, you don't want your cost to be high, right? We we wait for that pop. and, And as People who have always marketed to contingency fee lawyers, they've always tried to say, how can I how can I run that middle ground? How can I live in that upside? And so I think that creates the opportunity. Obviously, you need to be clear. You need to be upfront about it. The ethics are what they are. And I'm not giving you an opinion on that. That's not my specialty. But I do think as a whole, it's going to have an effect that it's going to change the market. And right now, you can see it. There's a huge influx. I'm sure you've seen it in your industry. There's a huge influx of money coming into town and uh, people being interested in starting law firms in Arizona that aren't lawyers, private equity money, uh, foreign law firms, law firms from other states, business people. Everyone wants a piece of that PI pie. Where that will go, I don't know. I mean, I I think that most likely what's going to happen, and and this is me just speaking out of you know my thought is. I think that you're going to have a big push for for a few years, but unless you have a, a staple in Arizona, our legal community is tight. And so unless you have boots on the ground that are that someone's going to be repping your firm and, and promoting that brand, I don't know that I don't know that Arizona or the country or or like society as a whole is ready for a personal injury firm without a face, without face lawyers, right? Like the, the idea of Zillow or Trulia meets personal injury. I don't I don't know that we're there yet, um, but I think they're going to push for it. I think that's going to be a, 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 a chance. I just don't, I don't see it la- that part lasting in the long run. I think we'll find a big influx of money and then we'll find a balance point eventually. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be similar to just like kind of every new, new business idea of like everybody try to gun into it. Like even like legalization of cannabis, everybody's gunning into it how many companies actually survive in it in the long run very few um but i do feel like it could turn into a a little bit of a brawl for the next few years on it <laughs> for sure right i mean that's that's what it's all about is is trying to get a, a a piece of that market share and you know when you talk to 
lawyers from out of town who have come into town. They're like, wow, it's a whole different community. There's a lot of a lot of blue ocean opportunity, and there really is. Like, co- like if you compare our marketing compared to California's marketing, or our marketing compared to Vegas's marketing, there's a big group and opportunity to like kind of take off and run with it. Um, but you know, I I just don't know that. Uh, and maybe selfishly, I kind of hope that yeah. you don't have you don't have people coming from out of town who who aren't really established here and taking over. I, I think that we're a little bit ways behind, but but the legal world is just as a whole is changing. Like we've never accepted tech like we're accepting tech right now. You, it's like yeah. how quickly attorneys forget. But the idea that we're doing a video podcast right now is absurd, right? With the idea of using Zoom three years ago in a law firm was like, no, nah, I'd never use Zoom. Everything's in person and you know, the world changed. Right. Now everything's on Zoom. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is a, a good breakdown. I want to hop into one thing you said there, because you said that Utah pulled back the law. Do you know physically why Utah pulled back the law? So I would just be speculating. I'm not you know, one of the few states I'm not licensed is Utah. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think what happened was probably a little bit of a, it's, it's it's important to regulate the law, right? Like, it's important that being a licensed attorney is something that you should have pride in. You should have pride in your license, and, and you should have uh, honor behind it. And I think when you have this idea that, well, it doesn't, you don't really need a law license to practice law. Like, that's the switch. If you go too far with that, the issue doesn't work. Now, the way it's supposed to work, and, and what makes the nuance in the rule is, it's supposed to just help bridge the funding gap, right? It's supposed to make it so, yeah, maybe you don't have all the money in the world to do it. You don't have personal finances to do it, but you do have the know-how and you do have the skill set and you are offering a service that's going to help move the community forward. That's a great thing, right? Bringing outside money to help build a better product for the community as a whole is awesome. I just don't know that it hit right. And, you know, I think that that's, that's common with a lot of things, right? It doesn't always work the first iteration. I mean, I think most things tech work that way, right? Yep, yep. Introduce it. And then uh, three months later, when you introduce it again, they're like, this is new. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Uh, well, awesome. So to hop back into that statement, then, do you think other states are going to be adapting this law? So adapting the ethic change? I think everyone's watching really closely. I know California had talked about it. I don't know that they're, they've done it. I don't think they've done it. I think it's been a, a real consideration over there. You know, I people are worried about what's going to happen. How does it affect the lawyers? How does it affect the community? Um, so far, there's a lot of talk in Arizona. And I mean, I, I expected, and I expected 2022, the start of the year, to be crazy like i expected to walk outside and new billboards everywhere and that didn't happen but it might be a year right it might be 2023 we look up and we're like now it's happening um i had a lot of talk i've talked to a lot of lawyers out of town a lot of marketers out of town um there is this interest in in funding this and and moving it forward so i think if everyone watches and it makes sense and it and it creates a better product here and it takes away the incentives of being unethical right the incentives of people having partnerships where they're splitting fees and not telling people about it and it just levels a playing field i think that's a great opportunity and so i i could see states following for sure yeah i agree on that as a marketer obviously i hope that all states follow 
Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun to see how they kind of adapt it here and to see what states are just like, yeah, let, let's do that. So at the end of the day, we know, all right, marketers are going to come into it. Private equity is going to come into it. Law firms are going to try to figure out how to utilize it to the fullest. What a, I guess, obviously you said earlier that you would hope that the law firms, you know, beat it out. But do you think that big private equity money is going to try to just come in and, and start buying out everyone and everything that they can? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think on the outside, people look at personal injury litigation specifically, right? So this rule can apply to anyone, right? And it can apply everywhere. I, I talk from personal injury because I, that's what I'm familiar with. I think it has application in other things that, that have more volume nature to the practice. I think it can have application in employment. I think it can have application in criminal. I think it can have application in immigration. So I don't, I don't know enough about those fields are outside of my, my wheelhouse to really speak to it. As far as personal injury, though, people are intrigued by the contingency model. And what makes it unique is it's hard to run a contingency fee cases because you have a lot of costs out. And, and so you're, you're fronting the bill, you're fronting all the costs, and you're fronting everything without getting money. And if you lose, you lose, right? You lose the money too. And so I think on the outside people just see the wins, right? They see these giant verdicts and they go, wow, if we marketed and got the case in that got a $60 million verdict, we're crushing it. That's way better than getting paid by the hour. But ultimately, like, they're not all $60 million verdicts, right? You, I mean, it's a, a lot of, a lot of ciphering through bad cases and, and filtering out the bad ones. And then there's a lot of uh, good cases that take a long time. And I don't know that, like, this is a skill-based practice at the end of the day you need the skilled attorneys and i think that you know and that's because i i guess i'm a little bit old school in that manner and that like i don't think that just straight volume works and and the people i mentored under would never say that you know they're they appreciate and they've taught me that it's all about having uh, the right talent up top and, and working the cases the right way and so that's not always profitable in a private equity standpoint because it's a lot a lot more immeasurable things right and so it's it's not just cases in cases out that quick so I, I think that there will be a space for that more volume for sure lower in car accidents but as you get up to the higher level when you're actually litigating i don't know that private equity can ever dominate that but i think they'll try <laughs> i think they'll try for sure they'll try they might fail and then they'll partner up with all the the great litigators at the end of the day to uh, keep it going. <laughs> well, right. I mean, like, look at like to use a sports analogy, like, look, like, look at the live tour, right? Like imagine if someone comes in here and they say, okay, we're going to pay every personal injury lawyer in town who's in this top 10% and we're going to pay them one and a half times, whatever they're making. And we can, and we can care to lose it. We can run in the red for three years running. Like how many attorneys move over a lot wow. and, and, and do they dominate that market share? And does, does it turn? Like, does it eventually turn? I don't know, but like that theoretical has never been approached in law. And so it, it is a really exciting, different time in law. And uh, if someone wants to come in and make a big enough risk and a big enough, like profit risk, and they say, I don't care. Like I know in the long run, that numbers make sense. 
it might happen. Right. And, 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 you know, it will have benefits other ways. One of the big things in Arizona, practicing in multiple jurisdictions, one of our big flaws is, as we've been taught in all our CLEs and everyone always focuses on, is we need to ask for bigger numbers at trial. Well, part of the way of asking for bigger numbers is seeing bigger money flood into the market and pushing that agenda. You know, we're a relatively conservative jurisdiction as far as trial results, and so trying to expand that makes it more profitable. Well, if it's taught in mass and pushed in, I think that will be a good thing for the community and a good thing for the trial lawyers uh, universally. That's good. Yeah, no, that's good for... For all the trial lawyers, and one of the things that you said earlier too was that you're expecting in 2022 to like walk out and see, you know, a completely different world. I've talked to a couple groups that they've been having, you know, a lot of trouble getting to the end phase of of actually getting their firm started. So I wonder if everybody's in that phase to where like maybe 2023 is going to be the year where everybody's actually set up and, and able to start like issues issues with the with the like approval process or just issues yeah just yeah you said the approval process was like super long so sure you know, month, I mean, over it, month over month they would expect to be approved and which is good i mean it, it means the bar's looking at it and making sure right like the last thing you want and i think going back to your earlier question about utah like i think the last thing you want is just give free reign and say, let it go. Anyone can start a law firm. Um, part of it is like you have a, like you have to have a sponsoring attorney, right? And so understanding who those sponsoring attorneys are and that they're, they're ready to play, you know, you want someone who understands the practice of law. You don't just want someone who has a, passing the bar doesn't automatically make you ready to go start a, a law firm with $20 million in private equity funding. Definitely not. <laughs> If only it did, though. <laughs> hey, man, I think you'd uh, your bar pass rates would be going up. Right. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, and no, I'm super excited to kind of see what this industry does and, and how it affects it. And I know it's had my mind start thinking a lot differently. And when did, it first, when did it first come on your radar? When did you first see people like starting to talk about it? I started seeing it in about January, February. We were talking with a, a group and and their whole, it was kind of, so it's, I feel like what it is, is the performance marketers, there's always been performance marketing. So it's always been the, you know, pay per lead concept to where these performance marketers are like, hey, this is what we've been doing for however long. Now we can just switch it to a percentage side of it. So that's what I've seen is, you know, that's where I first got the, 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 the fresh of breath there of like, what is actually happening? <laughs> you know, people talked about this because I heard about this in like 2020 from a group in California that I was talking to. Okay. Um, and they've been trying to set up for something to be able to expand when it happens. But that's where I was talking to him actually last couple weeks ago and he was like i don't think it's ever going to happen in california so his like viewpoint two years ago to looking at it today was like completely different they're trying to set up everything two years ago now they're like i literally what was, what was his reasoning why did he not think it was going to happen in california he thought because of the politics involved in the bar associations in california how that it's very weighted out there of you know if the policyholders 
have their hands in the pockets of a lot of the law firms too, or they are the law firms. That's where they're going to not want this law to go. Sure. And that was kind of where he was hinting at it. But then, you know, some people in Arizona think that California will turn at as to be the next one. So it's, it's all in the air. I think ultimately it's going to be good for the practice of law. I think it's ultimately going to bring in, um, bring in more, like, I don't understand how a product can get worse by competition, right? Like, I I think having good, solid competition will be good. As long as the state bar does what they're supposed to do and make sure that the right people are doing it and they monitor the ethics so you don't cross that line of non-lawyers practicing law. The financing, investing is different than practicing, right? And as long as you can keep that separate, then all it's going to do is push the resources that a lot of law firms need to, to get better. Maybe they have less upside, but they have a better product, which is always, if that's benefiting, like we do this to help people, right? If we're not helping people, why are we doing this? And so if more money means more people are helped and help more efficiently, that's great, right? That's what it's supposed to do. So I think Arizona is just going to be a good test case and and people are just going to have to watch it. Um, But if it works here, it's going to push tons of money into the economy, right? It's going to push tons of like dollars and jobs into the state. Definitely. Other people are going to sit there and go, wait a second, where's it going to go? And and an interesting point, which I haven't seen flushed out and I could be wrong is how does, how does it work out if a firm starts in Arizona, but they're licensed all across the country? Right? Like how, how is that ethically going to shake out? Because you can't split fees in a different state, but if it's from Arizona or you get the lead from Arizona or you're practicing from Arizona, where does like where that's does a nuance work? that like, I, I, and I haven't read any opinions on it. I've kind of been waiting for the first one to come out. Um, I'm sure state bars are going to have to address that independently, but you could see the idea of if they got a few favorable opinions and, they, and this is working, then they go, okay, we're just going to start in Arizona and then expand from Arizona and just have home base in Arizona. Right. That's what I always wondered with the, like the national. So it's like go more of like a mass tort play. All right, you can practice nationally. Your firm's established in Arizona. You get a case in Connecticut. Does well, that, yeah. Does it process in Arizona still? Or gonna, I think it will matter what each state bar pines on it. I mean, it's so new, right? And so it really is a wild, wild west a little bit trying to understand how that applies. Um, you know, we're we're very careful and very intentional on everything we do given, you know, you, you don't want to breach ethics and you don't want to be the guy, especially at a firm with, with our history of being, uh, you know, doing the right thing and being ethical and being on top of everything. The last thing we want is to go get risky on something. So that's, you know, someone's going to push it. I'm not going to be the guy to push the envelope, but someone's going to push it and, and, right. and create and find out. And, and the law is going to kind of come down on it because, Ultimately, someone's going to get hungry and say, well, I, why can't, like, what's the difference? If I'm practiced here and homed here, where's that going to go? Right. Yeah, the, I was told actually a story of um, kind of, you know, a, a directory build like ours out there that switched to this model in like 2019 or 2020. They were writing illegal contracts. I'm not going to say any names out there. <laughs> But they're writing illegal contracts. They got all these leads for these attorneys. Then the attorneys just are like, no, we don't have to pay you because everything that this was wrote upon was illegal. And thank you for 
all the leads that you just sent us for the last year. Um, so yeah, Wild Wild West definitely is. Uh, there's going to be people trying to branch in, I think, every level of this, but it'll be interesting to see where it actually ends up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's an exciting time to be practicing law in Arizona. I think we're on the map. I think people all across the country are watching it. So, I agree. Well, cool. So we have a couple bonus questions here since that was the main highlight of this. But you know, I uh, described in the intro how you are a young attorney and you hustle harder than I've ever seen in in young attorneys. So. I know I have a lot of young attorneys that listen to this podcast. So I want to ask a question of as a young attorney who has branded yourself very well, you know, what do you recommend other attorneys to do in their, their beginnings? Like for sure. And I, I mean, I like, I, I'm flattered. I think the biggest thing is like invest in yourself and always, um, you know, try to find ways to break apart from the pack, but but create a brand that makes sense, right? Like I gave a, a, a whatever presentation um, with our marketing director here at the firm about, you know, efficient branding is branding yourself as an attorney, the practice group, and the firm. And if those brands are all over the place, it's really hard to move the ball forward. But ultimately, it's a snowball. And personal injury is a snowball rolling downhill. And I'm trying to pack my snowball as big as I can, as quick as I can, and then let it go. Because every time I go have breakfast or lunch or coffee or dinner, like that's one more person that I've touched with and I've understood and I understand their business and they understand mine. And if I can help them move their career along, they help me. It just grows, right? And it grows exponentially. But it's all about, <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm genuine in my contacts, right? Like, so I... I'm uh, generous with my time and genuine with my contacts and that I, I want to talk to anyone about anything, anytime I can be a help, I'd like to be a help. And, uh, you know, I do it all the time to, tr to try to remind people, look, if, if the accident case ever comes up, I'm your guy. Um, and if I'm not your guy, hopefully I can find someone who is, which is always a good addition. But I, I think, you know, social media has changed the game completely. Um, I've tried to be really active on LinkedIn. I wish I was more active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm kind of cheesy, but like, I don't love the idea of talking to the camera, but I think that the people that are doing it really well are crushing it. Um, you know, you've seen like, uh, the CEO lawyer has done a really good job with it. And Ali Iwad and, uh, and, and Bob Simon obviously has done a fantastic job with it. Uh, and so like, I look at the people who are older than me who are doing it well and I watch their models and I try to like mimic things I like and change things I don't. And, uh, you know, just always trying to, even when I'm tired, even when I'm worn out, trying to like get out there and meet one more person because you never know when that one person is going to be the great referral source or like the great leader. So exactly. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet. That's like what I always say is just like one conversation can lead to, changing an entire system underneath your your process so it, it really that's very cool and i agree on the instagram facebook side you know i, I would love to uh even put myself more out there but i also just don't like social media networks too which is like a hard hard middle ground of trying to brand yourself but not liking the platforms that you're you should be on but i think the world's changed right like i think 
I think maybe five years ago or whatever, when you'd look at Instagram, if someone was doing that, you'd be like, what are you doing? But now you're like, oh, that's great content. Or that's, that's really insightful. Or, I really like that. And no one actually really thinks it's cheesy anymore because everyone understands that these social media platforms are, are not about posting a picture of your dinner anymore. It's about like keeping people in tune with your network and what you're doing. And if part of your being is practicing law, then hell yeah right more the power to you to try to promote it people want that um so i've had nothing but positive feedback when i've done it people will mention how much they like the content how much they uh, appreciate that i'm showing up on their feeds uh but it's just a it's a, a personal thing right you just have to overcome that fear of doing it uh, but just really putting yourself out there uh, and you can't put yourself out there early enough, right? If, if you're a first year practicing attorney and you're like, well, what do I know about practicing law? Nothing, but you know a lot about going and grabbing lunch, right? And so go grab lunch, go grab coffee, learn, and don't be scared to say, Hey, I don't know this. How did you do this? Or what did you do? Or what were your thoughts? Right? Picking, picking the brains of those who have done it. First off, they're flattered, right? They love that, that you care enough and you honor what they've done. And then, they'll help you and eventually those people retire out and they stop taking cases and, and they want to help continue helping you and so you know getting yourself out there is just number one that's a great idea even yeah for anybody starting like all right you want to make a podcast you don't know what content to put out on it go pick other people's brains that have been practicing law for 10 years use that as your content and it is just like you're building a brand through Right. Well, even if you don't know anything, so. Uh, and also you'll find out maybe you want nothing to do with practicing law. Maybe you don't want to be a personal injury lawyer. Well, it's better you find it out early, right? Go right. talk to the Titans of the industry and see like, what's it look like? I, uh, I wanted to be a sports agent in law school. Like I was like, I'm going to be a sports agent. So in college, my senior year, I'm already accepted. I apply, I get into UCLA and I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go there. Great sports law program. I write my honors thesis on sports agency. And I called a bunch of agents, barely any of them would answer. One guy answers, he's a VP of his agency, and he's like, no one wants to talk to you because they don't want another young, hungry guy in here. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, okay, well, like, i pushing up, picking all his brands. I'm like, okay, if you would, if you could do it again, would you? Like, would, would you go and do this again? And he's like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, you don't know, you're the guy. Like, if, you, if, yeah. if you're the guy and you don't know. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's a really tough industry. I'm constantly wondering who's trying to woo my client and steal my client and steal my business and like i'll be out with my family and i'll feel like i have to jump on a matter and it's just a really tough business and that changed that conversation changed my trajectory completely because i'm like if a guy who is everything i want to be says this and i'm not okay with that in my own model then why would I ever pursue that? And so I, I really encourage like, you know, picking the brains of people you want to be and you see yourself being and like, like, man, if that's, if that's a guy, how do I get there? Right. That's very good. Yeah. I was going to be an engineer and then I uh, worked for an engineer for two years yeah. and I, it wasn't even the fact of, I guess, I guess it is picking the brain, but it's also like you're put into the work now and then you go to school and you're like, what am I learning <laughs> doing? And that was where I was just like, nope, different, no. different path for me. Um, but no, that's, that's a great recommendation to get out there. So this next question, and it's our last question here. I ask it in almost every segment. Um, it really 
it's legal marketing. So we're trying to figure out what uh, what you think would be the best legal marketing. It could fall into that last answer. Um, but what is the best form of marketing a law firm owner can invest in today? Sure. Man, I, 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 I think the best form of marketing, again, is investing in yourself because I think that you're the best resource, like being out there and being the face. But from a technology standpoint, as this is, you know, technology based, I, and maybe I'm like, I guess I'm an old timer on this theory, but I still think SEO, you can't beat it, right? Because I think it's going to return investments forever. And I think with a good SEO program and a good client capture program for your leads, which generates an awesome refer like newsletter, that together is the baseline for growing a law firm. If you have a newsletter that grows and you have a SEO program that grows, that'll continue to grow with it, right? Like that will be that snowball effect. And as a young, the younger you are, the more important that is because you want your snowball as big as you can, as quick as you can, because when it rolls downhill, you want it to pack on. And if you have a little snowball where you're like, I don't know, I'm going to do pay-per-click, like it's not going to do anything, right? Like you might get some cases in the interim, but that snowball's barely. But if you do the, the stuff that's growing your business and builds on itself, like you're looking 10 years down the road. Don't focus on the short term, focus on the long-term play. Definitely. Well, as an SEO, I, uh, <laughs> have some biased opinions on that but yeah i know i always always say that the ppc there's always a huge argument of ppc to seo in the industry and especially in legal for some reason it, it it's like the biggest clashing industry ever and it's just like yeah you know you could pay for ppc and build a network up getting a hundred hundred leads a month but you also have to pay for ppc forever <laughs> And it's like, as long as that's profitable, it's great, great solution. Great. Yeah. If you can make it profitable and then you can keep feeding the dragon, it's going to keep growing. But it also is like, yeah, you need to build your ground base while you're doing that. If you figured out that solution. So that's a great answer. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, thank you for, thank you for joining here. And obviously you guys heard it. He practices PI in Arizona. If you're ever in a personal injury or know anybody affected by personal injury, definitely reach out to Austin Kurtz and Gallagher and Kennedy. I can assure you that you guys will be equipped in good hands. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Will do. You too. Thanks for joining us today for Legal Marketing Station with Jason. We hope you received a valuable legal marketing tip from today's episode. Be sure to leave any comments or questions you have. And stay tuned for future episodes with your host, Jason Craver.